have some podcast my name is craig goldberg thank you so much for joining us again we just released an episode yesterday but we, we we're not gonna stop we're this, going out again we've literally been building to this moment for years get ready for a lot of yhs jacob walsh what's up man hey i just got out of this movie for the third time literally just got out of it and i think i'm gonna die <laughs> okay okay so let's hold on let me get my mic. There we go. Let's um let's set the stage a little bit like I like to do. Abigail, by the way, how are you? I'm great. I like that you're adjusting your mic and mine is set, which is... Well, don't touch it. Yeah. Stop. Well, Craig is not Nobody touching touch it. it. Nobody touch it. Nobody Jake, touch it. There I'm we go. glad that you just saw the movie for the third time. We saw it for the third time last night, and I have to say that the third viewing was my favorite. I was able to take it in in a completely different perspective and scope. Um, I'm not going to it, not in any way complain about being in the front row for the first two viewings because I was so fortunate to be in, in both of those. But I will say that being able to be in that center back row where we were, it was like tight. I was able to put the pieces together that I wasn't really able to see from my seat before. It had a whole different impact on me. The scenes were more emotional and I am just so thrilled with this yeah it was definitely cool to see it with a little bit of a crowd uh kind of a you know like normal people not hardcore ghostbusters fans or industry people um but this is what we're gonna do so we're here it is a couple day oh you know it's funny we've all seen this movie three times the movie doesn't officially release till tomorrow so even though it kind of officially (laughs) came out today um Yeah, well, some people saw it yesterday. There was a screening yesterday, I think. They did like a screening yesterday, and then tonight's the Thursday of you know the the preview mm-hmm. release, and then mm-hmm. uh, but ev- tomorrow's actual release day. Tomorrow's right? the actual release day. So when we like something, we we do it as many times as we can. Jake, are you planning on seeing it again before the end of the weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna get tomorrow. I think I'm gonna drive up to make to see it with um, my kind of OD Ghostbusters crew, all of my friends that, you know, I kind of met at the beginning of getting into, you know, the Ghostbusters, like dressing up and stuff like that. All my friends, Hal, Mike, uh, Chase, Mitchell, all, you know, all of those, all of the guys, the Dragon Con crew, the, the um, we crew. have a theater rent. Yeah. Yeah. There's a theater rented out tomorrow in Macon, and I think at eight o'clock and I, I'm going to drive up after work and watch it with the, with those guys. Um, we might do the same. We're not hundred percent sure yet. There's also a chance we might be, there's this big toy show. Retro toy con is happening Saturday. Abigail, your birthday Saturday. Yes. There we're all celebrating my birthday. There's a lot going retro on. Toy-Con, yes. There's a lot. Go- well, happy birthday. Thank you. Almost. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. We're all going to be seeing this movie a lot. Here is the deal. We, what you're about to hear is our 
initial reactions from after New York Comic Con. So this is, when was this? Beginning of October. So yeah. five or six weeks ago. We had October not, the 5th, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, October the 5th. We all saw the surprise screening at New York Comic Con. We did about a 45-minute first reactions pod in the hotel room on a cell phone. Uh, and can I, I want to say something about it. I want you to say it, say it. We, I listened to this last night. Okay. And we all sound like we're in shock. I I, I think we were having, yeah, not from trauma, but just from like a, 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 the best feelings being released, I think. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, it's just such a. It's just such an overwhelming time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's been so much of a build up to this, and we saw it, and then we decided to record it immediately yeah. after. And I was listening, and I was like, "Man, we all sound like loopy. We all we all sound like we were on the banana boat and Jaws of Revenge, and weren't <laughs> eaten, and we're in the." trying to explain what yeah. happened yeah yeah like it, exactly we need meat there um yeah I, I agree i listened to it also and um yeah it was a, it was such a long day just to give context to everyone um we had we had done um other panels we had seen the child's play the new show we'd also walked around bought stuff gone through all sorts of little mini episodes it's stress of our own and finally like being in that place it was just Well, we're traveling. It was a surprise movie. We didn't know it was going to happen. So, but we wanted to make sure everybody heard those initial reactions. Now, Mm -hmm. um, I I think from what I remember, they're fairly surface level. We really hadn't had time to like dig in deep on our thoughts and feelings and emotions. It was very much a a first reaction we saw afterlife. uh, And we want to talk about it. Yeah, It's basically like being privy to the phone call that we would have all had together. Like just the the one-on-one conversation we would have had in the hotel room anyway. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. No, 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 you're good. I, I, I'm sorry for talking over you. Um, it's not as deep as a conversation as the one we're going to put out maybe next week. Yeah. I think what we're going to do is so spoiler warnings. This is full for the first time. Spoiler review reaction to Ghostbusters afterlife from New York comic con. So do not listen past this. If you do not want to spoil this movie or if you've not seen the movie, uh, I'm assuming most of our listeners will have seen this movie by time this gets released tonight or tomorrow. Um, this weekend before next week, before we start doing our roundtables, the three of us are going to sit down and do a more full fledged. We've seen it multiple times. We've had a lot of time to think about it, but time to process it uh, more trading notes. Uh, yeah. A, a full on review of the movie yeah. with just the three of us. Cause I think that's important mm-hmm. cause we're going to do round tables. We're going to have guests. And, and when we do that, we, we want to make sure everybody has their time to get their opinions out, but we want to make sure that we got to be front row center for the first thing. We got to get do. out. That's we how we do things. Because I did notice each viewing has been different in that third viewing. I was able to take more in specifically the third act. Um, and Jake, yeah. we just had a whole conversation about terror dogs and there's just a lot. There is a lot yeah. to unpack in this movie after mm-hmm. a 32 year yeah. buildup. There's no way to cover it in one 35 or 40 minute session. So no way it takes going to be a lot of layering. This is just the foundation we've set. Yeah. So, um, and we wanted to set that stage before you listen to it and I hope you enjoy it and Mm -hmm. make sure next week you're tuning into all of our channels, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, we're going to have multiple round tables, tons of afterlife content. I just put up a YouTube video unboxing the AMC popcorn bucket. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, I did it. 
I really did it. It's already up. Very cool. I interrupted cool. it. Abby interrupted it with yeah. the, with the jar jar clock. Nothing. It was perfect. I do the same thing every unboxing. That's your shtick. No, oh, I love it. Everyone should uh, curl up in bed or get a blanket or a cat or whatever you have to just like snuggle up and listen to this. Yeah. That's how we were yeah. when we recorded I, it. I agree with, I agree with that. Get some, make, make some tea or some oh, coffee yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. The kettle just, out. Yeah. And then of course this upcoming Thursday, Thanksgiving day, we will be dropping our exclusive sit down interview with Jason Reitman. Extra helping. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's the how turkey. Did we, how did we do the that? stuff? You know, we asked cranberry sauce, we asked. sliced oh, apples wow. in the can. Um, we had a great chat with Jason and, uh, he was very, uh, generous with his time. And, yeah. uh, de- we did, we got, I think there's going to be a lot of interviews with Jason Reitman over the next little while. And there has been, but I, I feel like we went a little bit deeper, got some insight that I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. And I'm really excited for people to hear it. Mm, yeah yeah i mean what a cool dude yeah he's the best he's just a cool dude like it's it's infuriating how cool he is yeah like we didn't even get to touch on quentin tarantino top five or top ten i didn't even really wanted to i didn't even get into my tarantino talk although when we talked to jason at our party i i told him we were going to and he was like well that's what i really want to talk about that's what i'm saying (laughs) that would be the second conversation um, yeah, next time, please. Yeah, so stay tuned. Coming up here in just a moment, we do have our New York Comic Con first reactions to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I'll, I'll call them a little bit subdued, and like Jake says, just in shock. We were literally like, we could like the banana boat from Jaws. Yeah, the it's a, the banana boat <laughs> review, as Jake said earlier. Um, yeah. That's yeah. What it's called? I'm excited about it. Um, before we get to that, though, we got to talk to you, and we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks, but we we got to keep talking about it because I'm excited about it. It is uh, the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. Now. Listen, a lot of podcasts team up with Manscaped. You've heard it before, but no BS. We are excited about Manscaped because they we teamed up with them. They sent us their newest product, the Lawnmower 4.0. We have an intimate relationship. We do. And I have been shaving my face and body in some form my entire like life. Like Jake, I don't know about you. I was one of those kids who like, I was yeah. getting hairy at like seven. I feel like, yeah, dude, look at me. I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> hairy dude. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's like kind of stressful, especially when you're growing up and you're like, cool. I just, I'm, my face is covered in hair. And I, look dumb. <laughs> uh, I feel like a, a good trimmer is always one of those things that like, there's been many times where I've been like, I need to invest in like a good, hair trimmer or beard trimmer or something. Um, but now I have one. Yeah. Nice. And what's great is manscaped is the best. Now they have a specialty, right? They're the best in below the waist grooming. They're the below the waist grooming champions of the world. Uh, and I'm not going to, I don't want to lie to the YHS faithful. Okay. It's about to get a little intimate. I tried oh out. Well, I'm just telling you, I tried out the manscape 4.0. I, I already did. know. Abby saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but what I'm saying is the 32 year wait is over. Craig afterlife is here. I'm a new man mm. after <laughs> manscaped. I really am because here's the deal. Yeah. It was, well, shaving's a pain in the ass and it can be dangerous. There yes. can be blood. There can be cuts. Um, and, uh, it was, there will be blood. There will be blood. <laughs> um, but, I loved it. I love the Manscaped uh, Lawnmower 4.0. And 
it was super easy and it took me absolutely no time at all. And I felt like a new man afterwards. I felt like I could watch Ghostbusters after like six, seven, eight more times when yeah, I was done who with knows? it. You're unstoppable. <laughs> I really did. I felt like the, the old Craig saw afterlife. The new Craig wants more. Um, I just want to say, imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. And I cherish my self-care time. Mm-hmm. I really do. Love what you got. I love what I got. Love taking care of it. So, manscaped.com we have exclusively for YHS listeners promo code YHS podcast you're going to get 20% off and free shipping worldwide and uh, they've got a whole range of uh, uh, men's grooming products not just trimmers uh, please use it so we can get some money <laughs> yeah that's what please. we're saying here come on folks. use the code please we, i don't care what you just buy something and use the code use the code it's a great stocking stuffer and it's all um, good stuff it is it is by the way anyone can use it also anyone can use it man or woman and mm-hmm. if you're using the same razor for your face and your below the waist area that's probably not a great idea. You should get something specifically. It's different stuff. It's different. It's all different. So use code YHS podcast, get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. And uh, that's what I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. Now that all you're right. all smooth, you can snuggle up. Get smooth, get snuggled. New York Comic Con Ghostbusters Afterlife review coming up right now. Stay tuned to the channel for more from Yes Have Some. It's a big week. I've never been more excited about anything in my life. Mm. Jake, you have three viewings in. Let me just ask this last question. Was the third viewing as emotionally devastating as the first two? Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. You know, I, I thought maybe it wasn't going to be, and I, I find myself crying or getting, you know, super excited at, and even finding different things funny every time. Uh, some things are funnier to me, uh, you know, the, the more I watch it, but the, the last half of this movie is complete, like devastating is absolutely the word to use. And it is devastating every time I've seen it so far. It'll fuck you up. Yeah. It's going to fuck you up. Absolutely. In the best way possible. And I've already said the third viewing was my favorite. I like that on the poster. YHS podcast says it will fuck you up. It'll fuck you up. (laughs) I said that to a couple people. I'm very glad that you get a, a full range of credits before the after credit scene, because I don't think when, when those credits start rolling, I don't think I could get up and walk out of the theater with my face looking the way it has. No, yeah, you know, I need, I need the like six minutes of credits mm-hmm. to yeah. That's how calm I was myself I, down. After I saw Juno, I literally stayed for probably 10 minutes crying. Now, one thing th- we're going to skip to the very end of the movie, and then we're going to get into our New York comic con review. Cause I don't believe we mentioned this. The movie ends and they play the theme song for the first time. And then it doesn't say Ghostbusters Afterlife at the end. It just says Ghostbusters. And it's the same graphic as the first movie. It's the split up yes. ghost and then Busters yeah. underneath. Oh my God. And it's just fucking it awesome. It's the best feelings. It's great. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we're not going to spend any more time rambling. Here is our New York Comic Con breakdown. Dazed and Confused. The Dazed and Confused first reactions of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Here we go now. Hey, everybody. Craig here from Yes, Have Some Podcast. I don't really know what to do or say right now or how to even do it, but we just watched 
Ghostbusters Afterlife, and you're going to be hearing this uh, post-release. But we wanted to make sure we captured our first initial thoughts, reactions, emotions. There's no way we're going to be able to accurately uh, describe in any kind of meaningful detail every single thing we, we saw, every emotion that we had or experienced. But we thought it was important to kind of recap uh not not the entire day we'll 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 be talking about that by the time you hear this you you would have heard about new york comic-con and the events that led up to the screening and all of our thoughts and feelings about that but we just kind of wanted to focus ghostbusters afterlife is coming out basically when you hear this today let's just say today and we just saw it so today's date is what is today friday october 8th friday october 8th I'm in a hotel. I'm not on my proper podcasting equipment. Sitting on a bed. Here's my first question. Oh, AJ Quick's here. I don't know if he's going to say a word. You going to talk, AJ? Yes, I'll talk. I was there. Yeah, I'll talk. I'm AJ. Um, podcast. His ecto-goggles. Are those his, or did Phoebe bring those to the field? Well, I think that was maybe uh, a... a a small uh, product of something cut out of the movie or something because he's just got them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're his from there to the rest of the film. Uh, I, I believe that they were in the box she brought out with him and he just, I don't know, he just knows how yeah, to use I them. Think- no, I, I think that she was spent that night before they went out like with the spirit of her grandfather learning stuff and then probably put them in the box. That's my explanation. This movie... I think I think something a lot of the fans are going to experience is like we clearly we all know we've waited 30 years for this and we've waited this whole pandemic for this. So I know there's been many nights that I have fallen asleep imagining what the movie could be, hoping, you know, what it should be, fearing what it might be. And then everything I saw on screen, I just want, I don't want to bury the lead. I I I loved it. I absolutely adored it. I cried. I was emotional. I think it's a perfect way to close the book on the, you know, beginnings of the franchise and open up so many more possibilities. Like I said, I can't quite articulate all of it in the most uh, appropriate way right now. I feel like it was the perfect bookend to the past, but also leaving way for a future, which you'll obviously have, when you see it, we've all seen it. The end, I think it leaves like a, a somewhere to go, um, we'll something to look that. forward to. Um, it's it's kind of at the same time ending it and continuing it. Jake, I want to I want to turn to you on this. We've talked a lot about you know how Egon. We know it's about his family. We knew it was going to be the Spangler legacy. We've made many jokes about they better not show Ghost Egon in this movie. Oh, yeah. They fucking they didn't show Ghost Egon. He participated. He touched. They touched. It was. What walk me through what you were seeing on screen for those first thoughts? Because I can't, I literally blacked out and I don't remember it. How, just give me give me your 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 high level and then maybe your your detailed thoughts. Well, first without crying, without crying. Well, I I mean, first of all, it's one of the things, and I said this to you guys walking out. If if someone told me, if someone explained to me the scenes that I was seeing. I, I would maybe it, – it sounds like something that wouldn't come across very well. And when you're like, oh, 
ghost Egon is standing with the other three Ghostbusters and they're all busting Gozer together. Like, that sounds dumb when I say that out loud, doesn't it? Like, it sounds weird. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem like something that would have happened at the beginning of the movie, for sure. Like, I, I distinctly, by the time we got to the final act, was like, how did we get here? How did this happen? Because that first part of the movie felt like just well, a good Jason. Yeah, movie. I mean, it, it literally starts with, a like, I think we joked about this on the show before. This movie starts with us watching... Egon die. Yeah. It starts with us watching Egon die, and then we were right about the lamp. Um, I just want to point out that Egon's death in the entire beginning was very similar to the uh, astronomer who dies in Deep Impact (laughs) (laughs) when he's, like, in the truck, and he's like, do you guys have ever seen Deep Impact? Yeah, but, like, when I was 12, when did that movie come out? Should we do a Deep Impact podcast? Not right now. All right, continue. Well, now you messed me up. We were right about the lamp. Right about the lamp. We were right about the lamp. The lamp, like Egon's there, you know, the, the PKE meter, like, kind of peaks anytime he's around. He's play, he plays chess very well. Um, yeah, but, yeah, he, he you know, there's a lot of talk about – you hear a lot of people complain about a kid wearing a proton pack. And one thing is that anytime Phoebe has the pack on, like, they show you, it's clear that it's too big for her. And there's just this shot where she's, you know, using the proton pack and, like, Egon's arm grabs her arm and, like, steadies the pack. And it's just this, like, weird thing that I never would have thought we would be seeing. But, yeah, like, it, and it feels like I, – I, I wonder, like, what Ivan and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray like, – I wonder how they feel after all because it really feels like – an ending for all of those people who like knew Harold, you know what I mean? Like it feels like something that was probably very important to the people who knew Harold Ramos. So appropriate. I just wanted to speak to the, uh, the thing about Phoebe not being able to really handle a pack. There's a great scene where she like tries to put it on and kind of fumbles in the beginning. And I think that adds so much reality and so much like awareness of the fact that no, this isn't a bunch of kids just running around grabbing proton packs it's it, it was just watching her struggle to put it on, but also watching her character progress and find her connection to Egon. And also, I just want to add that that Callie, the um, Carrie Coon's character, was like <sighs> the struggle that she goes through. Jason Reitman nails family drama so well, and I feel like this particular family, it. it it was cathartic for me to watch. I can only imagine how cathartic it was for the people who worked on it and who knew Harold Ramis. I didn't... So, I think Violet Ramis was there tonight. Somebody informed me. I don't want to call him out, but somebody said that she was there. There was an article that dropped today specifically about her. Um, she kind of helped and consulted on the movie, which is something I think we had talked about. The dedication to Harold Ramis happens... in. They say for Harold before the movie's over. This movie, it it almost doesn't, it feels like fan fiction in some ways because this is not a movie. I think, I think everyone will enjoy this movie and get a lot out of it. I think Ghostbusters fans will understand and get this on a different level. And if you're psychos like us who know about like Bill Murray and Harold Ramis's like 30 year feud, mm-hmm. it's an even more 
cathartic experience. Yeah. Or who have read uh, Violet Ramis Steele's book about her strained relationship with her dad and knowing that reality and seeing that the thinking that your father figure abandoned your family. I understand that. But when you see that he actually was keeping everyone safe and then helped save the day in the end, just seeing the proton packs, that's what was set up inside the, the temple at the bottom of the, the, the mine shaft. Um, the, seeing all the proton streams shooting down to keep the souls down in, in peril or whatever. That's you just the knowledge that your dad was actually a good person taking care of. Well, his he's a he was a hero in the sense that he sacrificed every single thing in his life, including his family, in order to. I again, it sounds like fan fiction, but stop Gozer from coming back and the rise of Evo Shandor and oh my God, J.K. Simmons is in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, what the fuck? There. It, but to put a cap on that other thing, though, the whole the ending of the movie and having Egon, first of all, like really good effects, by the way, like it it doesn't like he's, you know, he looks like a force ghost, but it literally just looks like Harold Ramis. It doesn't look like bad CGI of Harold Ramis or I didn't think it did from the angle of the front row. But but we very close. Yeah. Thanks, but it kind of it kind of. um you know, every you know, anytime you watch Ghostbusters, there's always a little bit of sadness now because of Harold and like every February the twenty fourth, you know, on the day he died, it's really sad. But like this movie just kind of takes all the, it kind of takes all the sad and turns it into happy stuff. You know, it's like it's like it's not a yeah, it's like not a bad thing, and it's like we're good now. Yeah, time has passed, and this is a beautiful byproduct of of his legacy. It's. Literally incredible. And also before even seeing the movie, the panel, seeing Ivan and Jason up there together and like the respect that they have and, and the love between father and son that just is throughout the movie. I love it. One thing they didn't go into is um, like Callie's mom or like they didn't touch. Because you don't because you don't need to like that's yeah. that, that stuff that people are like, oh, well, who's her mom? The, the ages are weird. It doesn't matter. That's all like bullshit. Nobody gives a fuck. Like, it's yeah. not important to the he story. It's just not important to the story. So, like, we don't need to know who Egon had a kid with. Or we it's just nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's... We're, Give me that. We called... We, what did we, how many things in this movie did we say this is happening? There's no Slimer. There's no theme song other than the end credits. Mm-hmm. There's... Bug-Eye Ghost. The Bug-Eye Ghost yeah. is in it. Egon is a lamp. Yeah. Did we already see this movie and just forget it? That's what it felt like. We were like puzzle pieces coming together that like you'd made the puzzle before or something. Like you just, you knew it was fitting into place. We had really, we had really great discussions and breakdowns of, of what we thought the movie could be. And we did hit a lot of the points, but like, I don't think the goal of the movie was to like, here's a shocker, here's a surprise, let's pull the rug out. No, and that's what was awesome about it, because that's how much, how Marvel movies and, and not as good movies are, I think, in my opinion, where it's like, well, who dies? Well, who shows up? What's the big twist that they did? I think the run, it's like, it's the longest, I mean, the first two Ghostbusters movies are like hour 40, I think. This is like, I think 210 or something, 215. Um, let's talk about the new characters. There's, the pacing is really good, because like, when you're introducing... Uh, kind of this 
small town vibe and these characters that you're meeting for the first time and you got to kind of like understand who Trevor is, who Callie is, who Phoebe is. They kind of did that a lot in the marketing, right? So by the time you saw the movie, you didn't really, if you've been paying attention, you kind of had a a vibe of what was going on. There's a risk of it being like, it's not for everybody, uh, a kind of a slow burn. But I I will say like the first 45 minutes, there's not, uh, slow is not the right word. That's the word. The supernatural element doesn't kick in for a little bit, I think. Well, I mean, other than the fact that it begins with a, it begins with a ghost, ghost killing uh, yeah. Egon, and like immediately, like terror dog arms coming out of Egon's chair. You know what I mean? Like it, it does kind of slow down after that, but very quickly after Phoebe arrives, like she immediately the first thing she does when she walks in the house is find finds the PKE meter, and mm-hmm. so they're 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 it's like a mystery. Um, yeah, which is what podcast. Uh, one of the minor characters that we're talking about focused on it has a the minor characters the minor characters because he's a child Cause he, no because he goes into the mine oh no, I'm just kidding um, he's not a minor character no but he's obsessed with mysteries and and the town where they live in we've all heard Somerville has a mystery uh, going into it but I I didn't feel like that beginning part was dragging in any way I felt very um, attached to those characters and I I really liked that family unit they had that kind of like. It was it was very real and authentic. It was very real and like, I mean, all three of them fever 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 Phoebe uh, Phoebe Callie Lucky wait no Phoebe Callie and Trevor mm-hmm. they they all give each other shit all the time yeah like they kind of pick on each other um, and Callie kind of says she doesn't really you know, she's probably she doesn't know she's resentful of. Clearly, she is. She doesn't know. She doesn't know she's resentful of her own daughter because of her dad, right? Mm-hmm. She has uh, an allergic reaction to like science facts or science talk. She says. But Callie knew who her dad was and knew he was a Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I think yeah. the abandonment caused that. Like I think him. Well, he had to be secret about what he was. Do- I don't know that he had. Well. Well, let's get nerdy yeah, for a second because this is a question I have. So. Phoebe calls the number. We kind of we also predicted this. She calls Ray, mm-hmm. asks for the Ghostbusters. But he, from jail, which we didn't predict. From the uh, every good Ghostbusters movie has a jail scene. We all know that. So they had to fill in some of the backstory, which we knew was going to be exposition, unless they opened up with some flashback thing. It seems at some point Egon became very concerned about this of Gozer being resurrected and basically the world ending. Yeah, they said that he grabbed, he got the, the ecto, all the gear, and he brought Just it to left. the farmhouse. And why exactly. didn't, why didn't Ray and Pete, why didn't they believe him? You know, because Ray even says that it, he spooked Ray out, you know, and like that's, Ray's the one who has the hardcore like belief in the ghosts and everything. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. This is, this is, Egon, even though Egon was always like the super techie, Super nerdy, super, uh, what's the word? Uh, what's the word for people who read a lot? He uses it in Ghostbusters. Illiterate? No. Illiterate? I'm so tired. That's the opposite. Oh, that's an antonym. But I know what the word antonym is, so that's good. So you're good. So you're good. Uh, no. so I'm doing good. Anyways, what I'm saying is. Smart. Bookish, smart, well-read. We don't, we're spending too much time on that. Let's move on. It sounds like maybe his personality shifted a little bit because the way. 
Well, they, you know what? Well, they also say that they also say it got to a point where there's like one call a week. Right. They got it's slow, severely slows down after Ghostbusters two. They've done their. He says that Peter Venkman always said we did our job too well. Like that's a quote. Like he says that. So maybe that coupled with like there's no ghosts at all. Right. But Egon is kind of going crazy over the fact that he's saying something is going to happen. Right. But there was no. There's no proof to right. that. And people do change over time. Like, it does seem like Egon was right, but he was coming off as, like, maybe, like, deranged or paranoid. And clearly everybody in that town found him to be deranged. He, I, He's a dirt farmer. That's what they call him. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I don't think Egon was probably presenting himself as, like, like the stoic, I know what's going on, even though it's hard for me to read the room sometimes. Like, because Egon was, like, Egon was a nerd, but he was always, like, kind of suave, too. And kind of held himself like well, um, so I feel like you could only assume that he deteriorated, probably physically and mentally, as he was working on this system of trapping and making his entire farmhouse a trap. So I, I imagine that he just started to lose some of himself right. and probably wasn't normal in his communication with people. And I think on multiple viewings, we'll be able to kind of break down that that kind of stuff a little bit more. So let's let's go ahead and talk about some of these new characters. We touched on Phoebe and podcasts a little bit. Trevor and Lucky. Jake, what did you think of... Uh, I, I There was always the risk of people saying, you know, Finn Wolfhard, this is too much like a stranger thing. Like, we, we know that that existed. We've talked about how dumb that is. But At no point did I get Stranger Things vibes throughout any of that. No. It's its own entity. No. I mean, the kid's an act. He's an actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't, you don't watch... When somebody's a good actor, you don't watch their movie and just say just because they're cast in a movie, you're like, oh, this it's gonna be just like their last movie. So, I mean, that dude, that dude's funny and he's good at what he does. Like, he was a great addition, I think. And it was cool. Like, it was cool. You know, the whole the whole like chase scene in the Ecto. Like, it was cool that everybody's kind of got like a specific job at that point. Like, even though podcast didn't do anything for the rest of the movie except kind of be funny. And he was very funny. He was very funny. He's, yeah, but he's he's controlling the trap. Phoebe's in the pack, and Trevor's driving the car. Yeah. One thing we got wrong is there was a lot of talk that like the whole town would be Gozer worshippers. Yeah, I kind of thought that a little bit. There was a I went like super deep for a moment, thinking like, oh, maybe all the inhabitants were are somehow their souls are trapped or something, but it didn't go into that. I mean, we listen. We figured it all out. They didn't really hide it that well. The selenium was being mined in the mine in Oklahoma and used to build the building in New York. Like, mm-hmm. but the Evo Shandor, like the like talking about him when they reve- when they revealed him in the the tomb case thing, mm-hmm. and it was J.K. Simmons. At that point, I was like, oh, he's the big bad of this movie. Yeah, yeah, I th- I thought so too, and I. You know, we I don't even remember where that rumor st- oh, was it was it the fact that J.K. Simmons has you know, he's done some stuff with Jason Reitman before and there was an interview where someone asked him about Ghostbusters and he like not he gave like a non answer. Like, he gave an answer that made it seem like he would maybe be I guess that's where that rumor came from. But yeah, he's just in the movie and he's Evo Shandor Shandor and he's got one line and he just gets ripped in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by Gozer, who he thinks is going to be, like, his bride-to-be, and she just rips him apart. It's badass. How do you feel about, I mean, really, this movie, the, 
a lot of the elements of the original Ghostbusters are in this movie. It's this. It's a. It's literally the Force Awakens. It's a remake of the first. It's a remake of Ghostbusters, but not. But not a remake. It's all of the same things happening. You love the Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I th- I don't think that's a bad thing. It like may- I mean, they say in the first Ghostbusters that that's what Gozer's trying to do, and if she doesn't happen the first time, it's just gonna. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a stretch to think they would still be trying to come back and come back. Um. So, God, my mind's all over the place. Let me try to. Gozer. Gozer was great. She looked great. Nimble, great attitude. Costume's updated a little bit. More spikier than bubbly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She said great attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Real like she had great attitude. Well, she's a nimble little mix. Oh, okay. Not like a a nice attitude. So when Peter Venkman, here's another sentence I never thought. When Peter Venkman's flirting with Gozer at the end. (laughs) Yeah. He calls her flat top again. Hey, flat top. First thing that you that's that's the on your left of Ghostbusters afterlife. Does he? Um, I, let's talk about the original Ghostbusters. They're in this movie. Not that much. Uh, Janine is introduced in early on in one scene. Then we've got the, the, the phone call between McKenna Grace and Dan Aykroyd where, you know, Dan doesn't really act anymore. He did a really good job. He embodies Ray stance. There was real emotion there. But he just voluntarily gives the history of the Ghostbusters to this girl. Which he would. Like, I imagine. Of course he would. Which it's not. But I mean, like, it's not a. That information's out there. If she really. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a secret. It's just weird. He just gets a call from jail from a kid. And he doesn't even know that it's Egon's granddaughter until right before the phone gets hung up. And the Ghostbusters did not expand to become a worldwide franchise over the last. With franchises everywhere. It just. Sometime after Ghostbusters 2, they just stopped. It's just Egon. So there's backstory given, which all was given on the back of the Plasma Series boxes, by the way. Uh, uh, well, because it's not, that, it's not that important. It's just Peter went on to do this. Right. He, you know, like, r- yeah, Ray, Ray stayed oh, over here, and, and Winston came over here to do this. It's, not, it's just not shit that's, like, really important to the story. You right. just... Yeah. But you had to address it. Mm-hmm. So Winston's, like, the CEO of a huge company. Mm-hmm. Pays for the rent at Raise a Call. Raise a Call, which makes sense. Same bookstore, same setup, same crystals, etc. And Peter's a teacher. He's still with Dana, which is revealed in the first post-credits scene. Hey, I want to say something. The post-credits scene between Dana and Peter yeah. is very Ghostbusters too. It does. Feel yep. Like- it feels like it feels like they're just using the same old tricks. <laughs> Not that all new ones. Um. I thought that was really cute. I wasn't expecting it, but also I was like, where's Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. always relegated to post credit scenes. And then you see her. Yeah, well, I mean, we knew she was going to be in the movie anyway, so it's like there are times where you're like, okay, where's she going to be? I'm glad you know? she didn't show up for the final battle. Yeah, me too. I thought she was at one point, but it would have been a little much because at one point there there are like, I don't know, six proton packs going off at once or something. Yeah. People just um, keep coming out of the house with new proton packs. No Ecto-1A. No. Um, they... But again, that's shit that doesn't matter. Like, who right, cares? right, right. They... Whatever. Yeah. But the final post-credits scene, they clearly shot a couple weeks ago. We all saw 
the Ecto one. Okay, I don't want to say that's a guarantee, but it seems like it seems like. Yeah, it was a couple months ago. They see they they were some filming. They had the Ecto out at the old firehouse. Nobody knew Ernie Hudson was involved, and maybe it was a stand-in or something. Who knows? But they really uh, as Ghostbusters fans, we've always known that Ernie Hudson kind of got the short end of the stick. They gave him the end of this movie, and it kind of sounds like they're giving him continuation, like the future of the franchise, like. There's a sh- the last shot of the movie is assuming uh, Winston says he's going to bring the Ecto back is him driving the Ecto back to New York, and then he has this great conversation with Janine, where there, it's kind of like a uh, a prologue that I really it felt like a book. It felt like a Stephen King book, you know, where you're watching, you know, everything happens, and then you don't get that in movies a lot, you know. Like usually, you get your big finale, and then the movie just ends. But this ends, and then li- it's literally a pro- starts with a voiceover. It, I mean, well, first of all, it starts with a deleted scene from the first Ghostbusters, which I guess is, you know, kind of what. You know, we, we talked about, like, whenever we were at FanFest and Jason said we've been going in the archives and finding all this old footage and we're like, what are they going to do? Are we going to see old stuff from Egon? They use this deleted scene with the coin to show that, you know, uh, Janine still had the coin. And then you get, like, a voiceover that leads into that conversation. And you're right. It is like a prologue. It's just like a cap on the story but kind of pushes the for- the story forward. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really – it was a really great – like, it was just a great moment because, like, Ernie Hudson's a great actor and he still acts and works a lot. Like, I, I only saw it the one time. I don't know if you – I'm going to have to watch it a couple more times to get a real feel for for Bill and Dan. But I know I laughed multiple times at things that Bill Murray said. I don't remember what they were but because I but I know I laughed. They la- funny. I remember laughing too. Um, So, like – we're not going to go more than 30 minutes here so because we're going to be seeing this movie multiple times and doing so, much. so many recaps and so much discussion. My, my overall feelings is that it's everything that I thought it was going to be and more. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful, beautiful movie. But I'm not surprised because I haven't had any concern throughout this cycle of the film since the original trailers. I I, I kind of just assumed that Jason Reitman was going to knock it out of the park. Like, they're walking with their heads and their chests out right now. Like, yeah. they, they know. Yeah. They know it's good. But, hey, flexing. There's a lot of flexing. Let's talk about Muncher real quick. Oh, yeah. Jake, I'm always interested in your thoughts. We can talk about Muncher and the Terror Dogs, but, like, you love Slimer. Yeah. Do you, is Muncher a worthy companion? I think so because, I mean, he's really cool looking and he's kind of cute, but he's also kind of threatening, which, you know, we didn't know that he's going to be, like, spitting metal at people, you know? So, like, missiles. Um, I mean, yeah, he was cool. He's cute. There's, like, one scene in particular where they find him and he's on the fire hydrant and he kind of slowly looks at them in kind of a sad face. And, you know, he sounds – you know, he's got, like, very cool, like, noises and looks. Yeah, I I like him. And I – you know – I've said this a million times. I don't want Slimer in this movie, and, and he's I got my way. <laughs> and hey, I love Slimer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we just we didn't need him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like the movie stands up on its own legs and then just kind of. Well, Slimer takes doesn't off. have legs. Oh. Um. Correct. Real quick, Paul Rudd was really good. 
He was very funny. I just want to say it's weird. I, I have to say this before we forget, but like, you know, we're at New York Comic Con today, and one of the things we did earlier in the day was went to the world premiere of the new Chucky TV show. So we watched that earlier. We are the world's number one self-proclaimed child's play podcast. And it's weird that there was a Chucky reference in this movie there. It felt honestly, I feel like I said this to you guys as soon as we got out, it felt like there were maybe four things in that movie that felt like they were specifically for us. Yeah. Can we talk about the Cujo moment, which was like so exciting. I think I punched you, Jake. Um, It makes me excited because I have that copy uh, on tape and uh, that's part of the universe now. Yes. And also that that developed Gruberson's character so much, and I love this. I mean, yeah, he's like, hey, I've got all these kids in summer school. They, they don't, don't want, care. They don't want to be here. I'm just going to show them Cujo. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, I thought Paul Rudd was really great. Him and Callie. I think my favorite scene was when Callie gets possessed. And the kids are like, mom, <laughs> what the fuck? Because, like... There is no mom, only Zool. There is no mom, only Zool. Is a... I mean, call it fan service. That's really funny. I don't care. It's very funny. Um, there's some really big laughs, and there's some good laughs in this movie, but very much like the original, like it's more of a sci-fi horror movie to me than a comedy. There's comedic elements, and obviously, like Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard is very funny. Um, I laughed throughout. Podcast too. Podcast was great. Celeste O'Connor was great. Her and Finn's dynamic was great. Um, but I don't, you know, it's not like they didn't do anything where they're like, here's the new giant piece of equipment that nobody knew about and take the focus off the story. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 the only thing is like, you know, there's the, the PKE taser, which is barely a thing. You know, they, they show it right off the bat in the beginning and then it's not used again until the mini puffs. And then the only other thing is, um, there's like weird different proton packs set up in the mines, but it's not like a big, it's like kind of a reveal because we don't know they're there, Mm -hmm. but it's never, it's never a thing where it's like, now we have the new proton. It's just, they still are. You just using all the regular gear. Uh, I guess the traps, the biggest thing, which we already knew about. Yeah. And I like the fact that they just kind of bypassed the, the learning period or how to like, use the equipment kind well, of like so in the original. The original. Exactly, yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying, you because the original to... didn't. There's no, nobody cares about the actual science. Hey, the first time they fire up the pack, that sound with that bass, yeah. it's just something, I don't know. There's so many moments from this movie that I'm looking forward to seeing in a theater. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. My neck hurts a little bit. We're in the front row. Yeah, I'm emotionally completely spent, but it, it was a... Well, what did anything surprise you and like kind of hit you with the the feels as they say that more than you expected? Because I cried throughout the movie, but I was not even. I had a release once it was finally over, but like the last act, I wasn't even able to like produce tears. I was just like, kind of in a different plane of existence. I mean, I mean, just like you said, it was emotional all the way through. But the the thing that was the biggest surprise to me was Egon's arm grabbing the proton, you know, like, because I never would have thought we were going to see, like, his actual body and face. And because they go out of the way in the intro to not yeah, do a close-up of his face. His hands and feet. Um, yeah, but then when you see him, it's not like that uncanny moment. It's a, it's like, looks like the last time we all saw Harold Ramis in, in video interviews, except, and it's just, 
It's very. I'm glad they didn't. And then when he, the way he like disappears into the sky, like. I'm glad they didn't do his voice. I thought they were. I thought they were going to at one point because you know they yeah. they talked to him. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's no voice. But I do have to say one of the funniest things to me is like he's you know. <laughs> <laughs> the three old guys are, you know, they have Gozer. And then Egon's helping <laughs> Phoebe. This is the weirdest sentence yeah. I've ever said. Yeah, I know. And, like, Winston kind of, like, looks over with a very confused face. And, and Peter does a double take. He, like, looks and doesn't even notice it and looks back. Yeah. Uh, AJ, what did you think? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, those are the little subtle, like, if you watch, if you yeah. watch the, I mean, any Bill Murray, but, like, his facial expressions are half of what makes Bill Murray great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his first laugh is a facial expression because they show up yeah. and, uh, and, <laughs> and Ray goes into his, you know, the same thing he does in the first, you know, movie, you know, the state of New York yeah. or whatever, and, and it just cuts to Bill Murray and he does that Peter Venkman face and it's his first laugh, yeah. you know? Um. One thing that made me laugh is how close the three Ghostbusters were standing together. Like it is a smaller movie. Like it's it's it it's a, you know it I huh, it's an intimate movie. It's intimate, but I this whole time I was like, you know they they the Gozer Temple kind of gets recreated in the mind, but like it ends at the at the farmhouse in his yard. It, I thought yeah, I thought the end of this movie was going to be up on that mountain, you know, like shooting proton you know beams into the sky, but it's just like. On Egon's front porch. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the stuff at, at the mine, like the the curtains that that kind of led to the steps and like the ruins, etc., were really mysterious and cool. The way they introduced that. Um, I'm just glad you didn't even. Yeah, I, I felt like being back at the farmhouse just felt like a. a the house is really cool. I'm sure there's a million Easter eggs we missed. I did. You guys saw a gigameter I didn't see. I think the the. What's important for the future of the franchise is, like, they're reestablishing, like, the lore, right? And canonizing, like, obviously, the events of Ghostbusters, the video game, we can just put, like, they don't count. It's a separate, it it just wouldn't wouldn't make any sense, right? Because that that was about Evo Shandor and all that. It, It makes sense that that's where they would go for a third movie. Um... Why don't we do this? I have a feeling the, the day we release this, there's going to be another full recap. I'm sure we'll do that. So, yeah. just overall, we've all been waiting for this movie for our entire lives, basically. But our entire adult lives, we've been tracking the possibility of a third Ghostbusters movie. So, Abby, how how do you feel having seen it? Will you rest easy tonight? Yeah, it does. Not only does it not disappoint, it overwhelms you with good feeling, which is what the first movie did. And it's, I can't ask for any more. I need some pizza and probably to go to bed. I'm so spent. I don't know if I'll rest easy just because it's like, I mean, yeah, I will, but also we can't watch it again and, I don't know, man. It's like there's there's a little bit of a thing in me that's like trying to be careful because, you know, when 2016 came out, and I know like this is so different than 2016, but when 2016 came out, we came out of that movie sort of feeling like we do now. In a in a way. I thought we thought we thought we did, you know? So part of you know, part of you wants to kind of be like did I really? Right. Did this movie suck? I don't think it sucked at all. I, I do think that I loved it, and I think that it was worth the wait and worth 2016 to to get to where we are, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
I just feel like I want to. I just need to see it again. You know, I want to see it again. But it does feel cathartic, and it feels like we've seen Ghostbusters three. I want to see it again because I miss it, not because right. I didn't understand. Yeah. I think the time period that we were we're getting. By the way, we it was overwhelming because you're looking at the cast literally ten feet in front of us. Then they're announcing it's happening, and then the movie like. 30 seconds later, you're watching yeah. it. There is no, we're yeah. going to take a 10-minute intermission. So there's just this overwhelming feeling. And plus, you're in a room with 2,000 Ghostbusters fans. So, like, there's clapping and there's applause and there's laughing at inside jokes that maybe not, you know, might be lost on, on the audience, the general audience. Um, the mini puffs were great. The Walmart terror dog scene is fantastic. I've never wanted to go to Walmart more. That's well, what I, well, I like going to Walmart. At the, end of the movie, I want to go to a the Walmart. terror dog tearing through the dog food is very funny. like that's funny. That's like a subtle funny thing. And Ghostbusters, like, there should be some screwball comedy elements to yeah, it, right? Because we've all stumbled on our pet with like their head in the food bag. It's funny. hey, Paul Rudd after he's possessed and he's just like passed out on that rock. Hey, that's funny. Exact in the exact pose yeah. that you know Lewis is. Um, Did you he, miss Rick Moranis? Did you- I do miss Rick Moranis just because I love Rick Moranis, but I feel the same way as I do about Slimer. Like if it doesn't make sense for him to be there, then it's it's fine. Like we don't have to shoehorn. You know, like they put. You know, uh, Sigourney Weaver is in the after credit scene just because like that's just a fun extra thing that they wanted to do. If it doesn't really make sense for her to be there, then don't put it in there. So, yeah, I missed him because I love him, but not in a like, oh, this would have been better if Lewis Tully was here for. Yeah, it just would have been too much. But what well, I don't even know what. I, oh, we just yeah, we didn't talk a whole lot about Paul Rudd. He was very funny, which he always is, and the terror dog was practical a good bit of you know when it's not running around, the terror dogs were practical in it. Was a, I want to see Detail pictures of that. I, like I, I can't. Art book. I can't wait to see photos of that animatronic terror dog. Hey, podcast looking at uh, Phoebe and saying uh, Mr. Gruberson's trying to bone your mom. Gary Gruberson. <laughs> Gary Gruberson. That's funny. I'm glad yeah. his name's Gary. Gary I thought Gruberson. the the Gary. dialogue just kept it so grounded in reality. I think Jason Reitman's really good at writing lines for. Well, you could tell him and kill Ke- Gil Keenan. Uh, we didn't really talk. He was on the panel too, yeah. and he he. He, they're brilliant. Like they're they're brilliant filmmakers. Yeah, he said like, the Ghostbusters was the first movie that he saw when him and his family moved to the states, and that yeah. it was like very impactful. They made a fucking awesome movie, and like I think that's the other thing. Like it was just awesome and fun and heartwarming and and wonderful. And th- yeah, there's gonna be Force Awakens feelings, but you know what? I was overwhelmed when I saw Force Awakens. I absolutely love that movie, and I revisit it all the time. Listen. We're always going to love Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. And now we have a third one to love. And even if they never make another one, which I don't think – I think this movie's going to do very well. I really do. Like it has it has the makings of a, a hit. It's the kind of movie you see and tell like everyone else. And if fucking Venom's a hit, god damn it, make oh, Ghostbusters no. a hit. Yeah. Um, but it's just special, man. We got to see it with all of our friends. We made new friends. We all laughed and cried together. I legit had a panic attack the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I might really... have fought some people trying to get I don't remember. I, I literally, like, all, when all the Egon stuff was happening, it's a blur to me. But I loved it, and I can't wait to see it again. I just, uh, uh, you know, fuck. It, 
Yeah. I'm, That's I'm, it. I'm emotionally We did spent. 40 minutes on it. We dried up yeah. our Kleenex. We did it. Let's get some pizza. But I do love the new Ghostbusters, and, and I want to see. I really am intrigued. I don't think the those four kids are moving back to New York with the... Uh, can I tell you what I think is going to happen? I, you I, just, I, I was about to say Yeah, can I we all make our predictions? I think I there's going to be a Netflix series that Ernie Hudson's going to be in, and it's going to be a Ghostbusters series. I well, really do. I think do. that Celeste and Finn will continue on as a couple and then go to New York is what my guess is. Like for college? Yeah, something. Um, Jason Reitman specifically was asked if there are plans, you know, to keep going, and and he sounded like... He ain't making any more Ghostbuster movies. He he was like he was like maybe it's set up for more, but he was like I want to see other people do their own things. Yeah. And it does feel like Winston is going to maybe be. It feels like a extreme Ghostbusters situation. Yeah. Like Winston's going to be the head of the company and open Ghostbusters back up, but he maybe isn't going to be the one doing the work. I think this is the most brilliant way to do the passing the torch because you can't just go from you got to get closure. You got to get closure on Harold Ramis. You got to get you got to figure out where the old Ghostbusters have been. Um, Annie Potts is wonderful. They're all wonderful. And the other thing is they're old. They're in their seventies. Hey, uh, there. Did you? Whenever, um, boy, whenever at the very beginning when Annie Potts walks in and she's talking, this this. She she walks in and they're like, "Who are you?" or whatever. And she like looks over at nothing and she says, "Hey." And I'm like, "Is she saying hey to Egon?" Like that's what I thought oh, at okay. first. But then the kids say, "Hey," you know. Yeah. But I was like, I thought like, does she already know that Egon's still around? But like, I guess he like is yeah. just that just you know, popped in my head. Yeah, I got you. I was just gonna add to that, Phoebe. Talking to the ghost of Egon, like just knowing that it's him. She I says love thanks that. At one point. Yeah, because thanks when he passes or some like, they, flyer. In drawer they somehow. Yeah. You know what it is? I think the reason why it worked with Egon at the end is because everything leading up to it was very tasteful. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. and then I guess the compa- like well, I don't want to break up the Last Jedi, but it's almost like the Yoda scene where you're like, oh, they're going here. It's all and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. There's nothing garish or strange about it. There's Gary. There's Gary. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to have a ton of coverage coming up. Everybody go see it. Everybody take it all in. Love it. Cherish it. Uh, tell your family you love them. Yeah. This is definitely a and family. If you, stay, if you stayed off Facebook, that's Instagram. So we get it. We get it. We, we get it. To... We're going to be tight-lipped for the next couple weeks. That, and, well, uh, we're recording this privately now because yeah. we have to talk about it. But we're going to have to kill AJ because he listened to the whole thing. Yeah. Sorry, AJ. All right, everybody. Go watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're going to hopefully plan. We're going to do another full breakdown. I'm sure we're going to do a roundtable uh, uh, with friends and uh-huh. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll make it this as fun and interactive, and you know, some of the bigger Star Wars, Star Wars podcasts do like ten reviews of the movie. So we'll, we'll, I'd be cool with that. We're gonna do as much but as now possible. I want to go break down a pizza. All right, we're breaking it down. Bye, everybody. Bye.